Hello and welcome back to the Millennial Ag Podcast, where agriculture is always on tap and no topic is off limits. Thanks for joining us today, your hosts, Valine Cawhorn and Catherine Lotzbeach. Listeners, welcome back to this week's episode. Um, it is, we are recording on the 22nd of December, and so Christmas is right around the corner. Um, and we are... Um, we before we dive into to our episode, um, we want to make sure we're recognizing those um, in agriculture, but also not in agriculture that are getting hit with these low, low um, temperatures, these high winds and and moisture. Um, I know talking to people on the phone just this morning, um, there's they're expected in the Midwest to drop thirty degrees from now until about four o'clock this afternoon. Um, kids are home from school; they're supposed to get feet of snow. Um, they're calling for bomb cyclones and I, I look out and it's cold here in Idaho, but I'm just grateful. I'm grateful that, um, our heater is working. Um, I'm grateful that, um, we don't have much moisture in the forecast as far as, as causing, <laughs> you know, bomb cyclones and road closures and, and stranded. Um, I think we have a little bit, but I just, we want to make sure we're recognizing those, those people that are in those situations because, it's, it's scary and can do a lot of damage. Yeah, exactly. Um, my husband and I are in Nevada for Christmas visiting his family and it's sort of skipped over us here in Deeth and then it skipped over my parents in Utah, but from Northern Utah East, it is really kicking some serious tail. Um, it wasn't in our forecast until <clears throat> my husband was looking at our Um, house cameras last night and there is tons of snow on the ground that we weren't expecting and uh, some serious negative numbers I mean like negative 14 negative 15 and wind chill is going to carry that into the minus 20s and you know it it sort of it brewed up really fast and it's going to be brutal so Valine and I are very much praying for good outcomes for people to stay, stay safe for livestock to you know be able to hopefully manage through this uh, for the elderly who maybe don't have as many resources, you know, people in harm's way everywhere. And, um, you know, Val and I are big believers in prayer and we just want to make sure that um, if you are too, we're all adding to the, to the lifting up of people in harm's way. Absolutely. And it, I just, you know, I, I, I think of the, the mass amounts of livestock do in that area and, and how, how you manage through that, you know, some people have the barn capacity, the wind breaks, the bedding to do it. And some are out in the badlands in the middle of nowhere and hoping that the holes and dips and a few extra pounds of hay, hay is going to get them through. And you just have to hunker down and pray. <laughs> yep, for sure. Sometimes, sometimes that's all there is left to do prepare, but yeah, pray your, pray your little heart out. So Ours are going out to those people, um, the ones we know and the ones we don't. Yep, absolutely. Well, Catherine, um, the last few episodes have, or last two, I should say, um, we had a we had a break with you being in Scotland, which that could almost be a whole episode in itself at some point. Um, but we've That's had, <laughs> yeah, no, that would, or even get your boss or some of the people you met over there on just to talk about um, agriculture in another country, because it's, it's different. You know, Ethan, um, talked about being at dinner with 
somebody from Europe, you know, and talking about how the, the millennial generation is, is almost frowning on eating a hamburger. And here it's like, it's a little bit of a, a privilege thing, you know, when you can and are able to go order a hamburger out, um, how much we're, we're thankful and grateful. Um, and that stigma is not here. And so just, just the differences of, of agriculture practices, but also the culture around agriculture would be, would be a fun topic to dive into at some point. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to do that. We'll put that on the uh, topics list we have that's getting as long as our arm. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, Catherine, what, you know, looking back, what, let's start with Kelly's episode. What were some nuggets, you know, that you've been chewing on or thinking about from, from talking about her, her political um, episode and the, and the divisiveness and the, you know, frustration, um, that, that she, she kind of brought to the forefront and, and where we're headed. Yeah, for sure. So I took two big things out of Kelly's episode. Um, and honestly, we could have her on for another 10. <laughs> I think she's going to be a returning guest for us, but two things I want to explore more with her. Um, The first was her reflections on the November 8th elections midterms this year um, and the, you know, the acrimony and the breakdown of of uh, politics and, you know, real thoughtful and intellectual discussion about policies and and uh, ideas on both sides. You know, she made the point. Um, that Eleanor Roosevelt quote that small minds talk about people, um, good minds talk about policy and great minds talk about ideas. And I thought that that was such a nail on the head um, description of what's going on in our, in our political system right now. And I really want to explore that more, um, especially because it does affect ag. And I think it's really, really important headed into, um, you know, our presidential election year is until 2024, but we all know the noise is going to start on January 1st, 2023. So I really want to make a conscientious effort in our podcast to um, try to inform our listeners in the best way we can, and also try to, um, you know, help people understand the breakdown of what's happening in our two parties, um, you know, and, and see how we can, you know, get a glimpse of beginning how to fix it. So yeah, Yeah, that was, no, I think, I think fixing things and, and comes with a mind shift and a mind shift comes at the grassroots level of, of whatever. And we live in a representative Republic where we elect those officials to represent us and change happens at the ballot box, to be honest. It does. And I think, you know, we can't expect this to change overnight or even through one presidential cycle. Like it's going to take, I mean, it's probably going to take a generational change and it will very likely take a generation to actually take effect. But, you know, we're here, we're interested. So why don't we start laying the groundwork? Yeah. And have the conversations. Um, I think the hardest part for me is to not get so emotionally tied up in it though, and be able to still put it on, like be able to shelve it going into Christmas or shelve it, you know, going into family dinner because it's, um, I know I recognize that the way I see the world and the way I see politics isn't necessarily the way the rest of 
the world, the rest of my family views it as well. And so, you know, trying to, to process some of that too, and, and, and create those ideas, but also be able to shelve them and then pick them up when I need them, which isn't always the easiest for me. (laughs) Yeah. A hundred percent agree. A hundred percent, you know, focus on it when we can and when it, when it rises to the top, but you're right. We have to, we have to keep family top of mind. We have to be able to concentrate at work when there's big projects coming. So as always, it's a balancing act. (laughs) Um, The other thing that I took away from Kelly's episode was, um, well, it's sort of a multi-pronged thing, but, you know, she talked very much about her experience with urban agriculture and, um, her respect for traditional production ag. Um, and I thought that was so interesting because there seems to be a lot of a divide there as well. You know, traditional agriculturists think that, you know, urban farming is a cute little, oh, pat you on the head, good job, sort of a thing. Um, and, you know, it might go the other way with a lot of other urban farmers. But Kelly had a very different perspective and you know, was totally willing to be able to have those conversations um, open up to each other and see, you know, the differences and also where we can come together. And that leads me into something we really want to talk about is different production practices um, within agriculture. You know, regenerative is a big movement right now. We want to talk about what does that word even mean? The push coming from agribusiness and large food companies down on production producers, Um, or production agriculturists. Um, And then also, you know, recognizing the fact that um, innovative and progressive ag people have been putting these sorts of methods into place, um, you know, essentially since the Dust Bowl, um, to preserve the land that we're entrusted with, to be able to be more efficient um, and, you know, with fewer resource um, tapping and that sort of thing. So those are some things that listeners, we really want to dive into and, um, you know, bring to light some of the, there's hypocrisy, but also, also the, uh, you know, the major changes that ag is making in the, the strides that we're trying to do, um, to become more sustainable, you know, on all three legs of that stool economically, um, uh, environmentally (laughs) Uh, and i what's the third one uh socially yep so so those are those are things i'm focused on from kelly's episode and that's going to spawn you know that could spawn 10 other episodes with various guests um and then what about you talked a little bit about ethan lane's um episode from ncba and talking about um, you know, the difference culturally, culturally between um, American ag and European ag. But what what else did you take away from uh, from that episode, Val? I think it was, for me, it's eye-opening um, to be reminded of the enemy at work. <laughs> and I don't mean, I, I sound like a pastor right now um, with that saying, but there, and I I hate that it's it's us versus them. I just hate it. Like, why can't we have the, have a conversation? Why can't we work through, like we had, you know, something I've been chewing on is we had a vegan on our episode, you know, and somebody that, um, had, you know, 
had followed some of those practices and stuff. And we had a civil conversation where she respected what we said. We respected what she said and we moved on and, and we're able to sit at the same table, but somebody like Wayne Pacelli, where do we draw the line? Because he's out to get us. He's out to put what your family does, what my family does, what my husband does out of business period. And, and it scares the living poop out of me. Um, because there's those people that are that are truly, you know, disguised as helping somebody and they're not. And and I don't want to take it, I want to take it seriously and I want to be aware, but I also don't want to take it too far to the point that you put on a conspiracy hat and think everybody's out to get you. And so I'm like, I'm I'm chewing on the idea of of where that balance is truly at because it's, it's not black and white and we don't live in a black and white world. Um, but there's a lot of, a lot of people that don't want us in business, unfortunately. And I don't think they understand the impact. Again, this is a very biased opinion, but, um, I don't think they understand the impact that putting production animal agriculture out of business would have on the United States in general, economically, sustainability wise, socially, like, and I don't think that they have, they don't have enough numbers yet, but they have a lot of money. And I, I keep wondering where they get all this money from and this, you know, they quote unquote dark money. Um, but they're really good at scamming grandma and grandpa into giving the puppies and kitties money. And it just, I don't know. I don't know. It it really gets me wound up too. <laughs> I'm with, you know, animal activism has always been something that you and I have, we've been really frustrated by obviously, but I think also a little bit of fascination. And I think maybe controversial as it may sound, um, agriculture might need to approach this with curiosity um, to be able to learn from what they're doing so that we can hop up several levels and get on their level a lot quicker. Um, you know, the sort of things Ethan Lane was saying, we're still debating, do we send out a paper newsletter or do we send out an e-newsletter? You know, we've got to get past that and get on top of what our current events are um, because it will destroy us very quickly. You know, we need, need, need to be, to be focusing on this and, and defending ourselves and our way of life. And I mean, not just our way of life, you and I have deep love and respect for our family legacies, but the impacts on um, our food supply, not just in the US, but around the world, because we export so much of what we produce, um, it could well be catastrophic. Well, and it's a huge, I mean, <coughs> you look at how much, um, another topic I hope we can is the global markets, but you look at how much um, specifically beef and meat that we export to, to China, um, how much we export to Vietnam, you know, those places, um, and what, what it would do to the economy if we were just to stop and it, and another, you know, there's currently foot and mouth disease in Indonesia, I believe it is. Don't please fact check me. Um, <laughs> but Australia is freaking out because it's a hop, skip and a jump and it's there. And that's a, 
you know, a modern world. And that's a disease that can, can wipe out a supply. And that can be a, that can be a threat. Like that can be a terrorist threat too. Um, and, and how do we, how do we secure ourselves to how here, how do we be vulnerable enough to tell our story authentically or whatever, you know, to the public so that they trust us, but how do we also tighten up ship so that we don't get those diseases, we don't get those cameras, and we don't get those activists in our backyard? Like there is there is totally a balance there in it. Um and it's, you know, it's it's why we talk to ourselves and we don't reach out too, you know, like that's that's why tell your story has never gone anywhere because it's me telling you what I'm doing today. It's not me sharing the calf that they ate in the life cycle to the consumer that's actually eating it and giving them the information that they are so curious about. We're talking to ourselves and sharing the information that we're comfortable sharing um, because we don't want to get, we don't want to get burned. We don't want them in our back pocket, but we also have to be electing officials and fighting, you know, and that's how PACs were formed in ag. That's why Farm Bureau does what they do. That's why NCBA does because people like Wayne Paselli get into the, the chatter rooms of, of, of people that are on the fence, listening to people, unfortunately, and they, they are smooth as butter and can just convince them that you have those wild horses they just need to be wild <laughs> and it can end up in a huge rabbit train. And next thing you know, feedlots and dairies are bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now you bring up so many good points there and listeners, those are all things that we're planning to explore in the first quarter, second quarter of 2023. Um, so you can see we have a really deep bench of topics that we want to cover in depth um, and really bring you hopefully information that is useful and ignite some curiosity and hopefully a little bit of fire under our tails um, to to start paying more attention to what's going on around us and you know really taking up the the banner to protect ourselves. Um, yeah, so that's what we're planning for uh, the first part of 2023. And now because we are three days, is that right? Three days from Christmas. <laughs> Um, we thought that we would just share with you some of our favorite traditions and maybe spark some reflection on your point of, or on your part about what you love about this season. So Val, do you want to go first? Some new tradition or old traditions and uh, you're, you're just married just a few months ago and maybe you're building some new ones as well. Yeah. So it's been, you know, I've, I've had a lot of reflection as I've seen, as I'm seeing friends, you know, create their own traditions and stuff. And, and I don't, we don't have kids yet. Um, but what, what do I want Christmas to look like? Um, and so, you know, some last Christmas we spent me and my husband or he, my, it was my fiance at the time, but we spent Christmas together. Um, but this is the first year you're married and, um, his family, his mom comes from a long line of Italians. Um, and so we, they make homemade raviolis for Christmas Eve. And so, Oh, good. Oh man. And so we get together with his family and, um, make raviolis. I think they'll make them Friday. I don't know if I'll be able to make, make that. Um, 
but we'll make homemade ravioli and we, you know, play games and open presents with the nieces and, and, and just try to be present. Um, and then my mom, her side of the family always does clam chowder. And so my mom is going to make clam chowder. We, we won't be going over to that because you can only do so much. Um, and then we'll spend Christmas day, um, eating prime rib and celebrating with my family. And then, um, John's parents will come over as well. And so, and we'll have other friends and family over. So it'll be, it'll be great. And I just, you know, as I'm reflecting on traditions and stuff, I'm, and there's a lot of just, you know, adulting things that have come up in the last two days that do not help the, the added to-do list that I'm really trying hard not to bring that stress, you know, into, into the holidays. And my goal when we start having kids too, is to, to not, is for, to remember the holidays as, as the time of joy, as the time of being together and not a, not a presence receiving a presence giving. Um, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm toying with that a little bit because I, I love to give presents. I love to think about people, but when you're, and you're less than a week away and you're like, Oh crap, I haven't bought for so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And I just, I just am getting to the point where I'm like, I'd rather go somewhere, just have an experience altogether than be stressing about buying presents for everybody. Um, so that's just toying around with, with, you know, future traditions and, and things like that, that, um, wondering, wondering how we can, you know, implement more of Advent implement more of, um, you know, the light and the, the joy and, and the grace that, that came with Jesus. Um, I, I want to, those are things I want, I want to remember and want to tie into, to my future family. Um, and I know it takes years and years and years and the traditions that are there, you know, have happened, but how do we, how do we, and it's some of it's buying Christmas presents earlier than, you know, the week before Christmas. Um, but how do we just get away from, from that, you know, and get, you know, and, and give because we think of somebody in a certain way, um, or because, but it's not a mandatory thing. And that's what I, I don't know. That's what's on my heart for Christmas right now. Um, so what are you guys what are your plans? What are your traditions? And, and now that you have Miss Harper, you know, what are things, um, you are trying to instill, you know, tradition wise or with her for the holidays? Yeah. So since Jimmy and I started dating in 2011, we have only spent one Christmas by ourselves, um, in Colorado. And the only reason we did that was because I took an international trip, um, couple weeks before that for an ag leadership class and I didn't feel like I could take the time off of work to travel to see our families um so that was special but we don't see our families near enough and so we really look forward to hopefully being able to take two weeks um at the end of December to see both of our families and celebrate with them and so this year uh we came to Jimmy's family in Nevada first and we're you know we've been we've been here since uh Monday and uh we'll we'll go to Delta the day after Christmas but um 
You know, something that I really love about Jimmy's family is they're deep in agriculture. They work just as hard as anybody else does in production ag, um, but they really know how to slow down and be present. Um, you know, grandparent presents are out of control <laughs> for kids, um, but that's a grandparent's prerogative, right? But, um, you know, the sitting down together for just several hours during the day, um, and just visiting and just being present and catching up on the year and just enjoying each other's company. You know, we get rowdy. We, you know, we start day drinking and <laughs> we have a good time. Um, but, you know, the the company and the ridiculous mass amounts of food, um, you know, are just, it's just one of my favorite things about being in Nevada for the holidays because they just, they just, they know how to slow down and be. And that's something that, um, I definitely have cultivated better being with this side of the family, but something that I still have an awful lot to learn about from. Um, and another thing is, you know, they have been totally welcoming and, um, you know, of, of me bringing a couple of traditions from my family, um, into theirs, you know, especially some of the holiday baking that I do. Um, and, you know, things like, like Advent, like you said, like every year I'm like, okay, I'm going to do my daily Advent reading. We're going to light the candles. We're going to go to, uh, you know, church services for this. And it seems like I get two weeks in and then I get busy with the hustle and bustle and, you know, kind of forget about that. So I'm totally with you. I want to be able to incorporate that more, um, to remember, um, you know, the reason for the season, which is Christ's birth and the light he brought to the world. And, really keeping that spirit in mind and not, not getting caught up in the commercialization of Christmas. <laughs> um, so that's something that's big on my heart and mind. And then we're going to go down to Delta for the week after Christmas. Um, and my family, you know, we, we, when we were growing up, um, my mom and dad were basically the labor force on the dairy when we lived in Connecticut. And so when we woke up, we could open our stockings right away, but we had to wait till chores were done. And then we had Christmas dinner and then we could open presents, <laughs> um, which, you know, that instilled a lot of character in us, <laughs> um, but it, you know, now there's grandkids and everything. And so um, our traditions have changed a little bit and that's actually been something that's hard for me it's been hard for me to accept because that's, you know, that's how I grew up. That's what I expect. Um, but learning how to, you know, bend a little bit or at least sway with, with new traditions, um, developing with the next generation. So my family is a lot harder to get to sit down and visit. Um, but there will be plenty of food, you know, um, before there were grandkids, uh, we used to have a pretty big, bash just with our family um on new year's eve we would light the year's brush pile on fire and um you know dance around it like uh like you know heathens and <laughs> just have a good time um but yeah i mean for me it's just it's getting together with all the family that we can and trying to be present just like you've been saying so yeah no and i think it's I think, you know, as we, even prior to talking about our Christmas traditions, we had talked about, you know, that the noise of politics, the noise of, you know, activists and, and just remembering that the family unit, our friends, our, our extended family 
is our support system. And we need to cultivate that so that we can support what we're passionate about fighting against or fighting for. Um, and I think that's something, at least in, in the last few years that, you know, COVID and social media and politics is really uprooted. Um, and how do we, how do we get back to that? Because I know, you know, even talking with some of my family and friends that are in, in the education system, you know, the kids right now are just out of control, you know, suicides higher than it's ever been. They can't, they can't sit still, but then they don't want to go to recess, you know, things like that, that I think are, there's a big systemic problem in my opinion, um, that's going to take, that's not a band-aid fix. Um, but I think it's coming back to, you know, these holidays traditions and, and just being present and being graceful and not, not needing anything else, but, you know, being, being intentional with time and, and, and meals and, and actions more than, than gifts and, and the commercialization of it, of it all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm absolutely with you. Totally on the same page. Um, like you were saying before, I love to give gifts too. It's so much fun, you know, to be able to, you know, find something that, you know, is, is really just right for someone. And I, you know, I sort of watch through the year and sort of graze shop. Um, but, one thing that we've done in both of our families actually is that the adult siblings have been like, you guys, can we just focus on the kids and not worry about getting stuff for each other? <laughs> mm -hmm. And that pressure lifted off because yeah, you find something goofy that you know someone might like, but you don't have to be like, oh my gosh, I haven't spent blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. really big. Like that's been something that we've really been grateful we've adopted <laughs> yeah no I I like that because it's you're not saving any money by getting gifts because you have to give the same amount you know and so it's um my family the last three years now um we've started drawing names with the adults so obviously we're gonna get baby Lou a whole bunch of little gifts because well, <laughs> but it goes back to your point you know like um we just buy one person a gift in the family. And, and most of the time it's fairly practical, <laughs> you know, or something somebody needs. And then, and we do, you know, mom can't get away from stocking stuffers and all that fun stuff, but, but it just, for me, it relieves the stress of, of needing to go shop for, for additional people. Okay. You know, I can just focus on one, one person, do a little nicer gift and we're done. Um, and I think if you're a well-adjusted adult, it won't bother you at all that you're only getting, you know, one or two gifts because, because it's getting gifts is not, not why we're together and celebrating our traditions, you know? So, yep. no. And I think that's, I don't know. That's a great reminder for everybody. I think is to, to just remember the reason for the season and, and, you know, for me, a bunch of gifts and stuff is just clutter, <laughs> you know, and like, and, and so I don't need, if there's something that somebody wants to give me, I am super grateful. I'm not being ungrateful. Um, but just, I don't need anything. I don't need more, you know, more things to, to collect dust or, or be put in a closet. Like, you know, we, 
photos are fun and, you know, things like that. But, um, I don't know. That's kind of where I'm, I'm at, but I also spent last night wrapping a whole bunch of gifts. So that's why I'm a little. (laughs) Yep. I'm with you. I haven't gotten that far. So that's going to have to be something when we get down to my sister's and sister-in-laws, but yeah, it is what it is. But anyway, listeners, that's, we expected this to be like a 10 minute episode, but you know, you put a quarter in us and uh, we're really excited for the slate of topics we have to bring to you. Please let us know things that you would like us to focus on because we want our content to be relevant to you. And then, you know, have a Merry Christmas, Um, you know, indulge in your traditions, soak in the goodness of the year, try to forget the hustle and bustle and just, just be present. Yep. Nope. I think that's a great way. And, um, we want to hear what your traditions are too. You know, what are you doing for the holidays? Um, where will you be? How cold is it where you're at? Um, is your fireplace working? Things like that. We want to know. Um, we're keeping tabs on, on our followers, our friends, our listeners. Um, and, and we want to make sure you're, you're safe and warm. Um, and so let us know, let us know what you're up to this holiday season. And, um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at talk to us at millennialag.com. Um, and until next week, we are millennial lagged. <laughs>